There is nothing wrong with your podcatcher. Do not attempt to adjust the feed. We are controlling the bitstream. We control the encoding. We can mispronounce names. We can consume alcoholic beverages. For the next half hour, we will control all that you read and discuss. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And uh, I'll mention it again at the end when I talk about the picks section, but we have a new way to get books. Uh, up For the past 27 years, uh, we've used <laughs> Amazon referral links. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, we have signed up to be a bookshop.org uh, referrer as well. Bookshop nice. uh, works with independent bookstores, uh, gives most of the profits to the independent bookstores. Uh, it really is just facilitating keeping indie bookstores in business and allowing indie bookstores to sell online without having to go through Amazon. Uh, so if you want to support Independent bookstores anywhere, honestly. I mean, obviously, it'd be cool if you supported one near you, but but you can get the books anywhere. Um, we will be putting more of those links at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Uh, right now, the, the the only one up there that you can see is Tara Nullius's, uh link. There's a there's one for Amazon still up there, but there's also one that you can tell is specially formatted for bookshop.org. That's great. That's how I got my paper copy of Tara Nullius, uh for for the read this month. Interesting. We'll actually have more on um, buying paper copies versus buying ebooks a little bit later in the episode. Nice. Right. Can you move it like a little bit to your right because it's kind of cut off? I don't think the audio listeners would mind. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Nice. There you go. Beautiful. Tom is showing the book right now. It's a lovely book cover. It's yellow with a black bottom. And I feel like I'm reading the the captions on on an image. (laughs) Tom holds up a book, half yellow, half black with a red sun. Um, Tom, Elizabeth wants to know if uh, bookshop.org is just U.S. or if it's international as well. I Tom doesn't know, and just, he's going to look that up right now. I think now. it's just U.S., but I don't want to disappoint. <laughs> just, I don't want to disappoint Elizabeth. In uh, case. Scott oh, says, look like okay. there's a link in the upper right that allows uh, you to pick UK Great Britain or Spain. Spain. Cool. That's interesting. UK and Spain. Sorry, Elizabeth. No Australia yet. Yeah. But I bet they're working on it. Very cool. Yeah, that's always exciting. I'm I'm always happy to be able to support independent bookstores and and you know be able to continue to propagate Dead Tree editions throughout the world, get those books out there into the hands of readers. Um, cool. Uh, what what are you drinking, Tom? Uh, Coke Zero Sugar, the new formulation that's taken the internet by storm. From John Scalzi to Scott Johnson, everyone's talking about the new formulation of Coke Zero Sugar. Not sponsored by Coke Zero Sugar. Why is it co- so? Is it zero sugar? It's not so Coke Zero they, Sugar. They changed the they changed the formula and they changed it from Coke Zero to Coke Zero Sugar to let you know they were you getting the new formula. Then they changed the formula again, and all they did was change the cans to be all red instead of all black. <laughs> um, they didn't change the name though, and uh, it tastes very similar to regular Coke now. Oh, very similar. Um. 
So as I was kind of alluding to, it, it's very important to, to know what these cans look like because I feel like just saying the name without any context could be very confusing because it could either be Coke Zero Sugar, like now with sugar, sugar, or it could be Coke Zero Sugar, Coke Zero Sugar, mm-hmm. yeah, which would be no sugar. So it either sounds right. like and it's, it's no, and more it is sugar. no sugar. Yeah. It's no sugar. It, this is zero sugar. Zero sugar. Okay. Yeah. There is zero sugar in the Coke. Instead, it has lots of chemicals. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> sweet, sweet chemicals. Sweet. Uh, but everything's a chemical, honestly. Um, so there you go. I mean, water's just H2O. That's a yeah. chemical. Dihydrogen oxide. That, is that what you're drinking? Yeah. I had a beer earlier. Um, I had a four-point tr- IPA tropical. Ooh. Which I guess How is festive. like their summer thing. Yeah, it felt it yeah. felt summery and nice. Yes. Um, but now I'm on water. All right. Well, uh, hello to all of our uh, live listeners over on Riverside.fm. <laughs> um, what? Scott Pendel just said, can't wait for hard Coke Zero Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> I wait, mean, would that be laugh, hard Scott. Coke with no seltzer? <laughs> Hard Coke, zero <laughs> seltzer. Zero seltzer. We're at the anti-seltzer crowd. <laughs> what was I talking about? I, oh, hello. Uh, you were uh, Riverside. You were saying hi to the Riverside. Yes. Um, every uh, every time we do an episode now, we are uh, endeavoring to do a live stream over on Riverside.fm at Riverside.fm slash studio slash sword dash dash laser. Um, we'll link to it on Twitter and in the Discord if you're around to uh, join us live. It's fun. You know, I enjoy having the chat uh, in real time. That brings me back to our old live streaming days. Uh, Tom's like, I do that every day. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> but for me, I, I don't get to do that very often. So it's nice to have that that live element back into the show. Good day, Internet. Oh, wait, that's, that's the show. Well, we're wrong, show wrong show. Wrong yeah, show. Am I going to get, uh, is this going to get pulled down from YouTube because you used? I will sue us. Yes. <laughs> you will sue us and yes. reap all of our own money. <laughs> all right. It's a Ponzi scheme. All right, let's uh, let's jump right into the quick burns. Indeed, Mark uh, pointed out that the Leviathan Falls, James S.A. Corey Ark, advanced reader copies have been spotted in the wild as seen on James S.A. Corey's Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, seems, yeah, seems biased. Yeah. Assume that if anybody had the Ark, uh, it would be, of course, the James S.A. Corey boys themselves. And they do. And uh, it looks great. I don't get these anymore. I, I, took, I, took, I took myself off the list, so now I don't get things anymore. And it was a blessing and a curse. But, well, I'll read it in due time. Actually, I, I yeah. won't because I'm not at all caught up on the series. This is all Tom news. This is like You, complaining Tom you don't even Stoke have the arc. I'm the one I, who's like dying to read this book. I just want to be recognized, not okay? I just want to feel like I belong. Well, catch up. Like I'm not cool. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You can still listen to the audiobook <laughs> over the screams of your child who won't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to podcasts last night. It was nice. nice. Um, very cool. Well, that's exciting. So is this the last book? This is the last book. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm Leviathan sorry. Leviathan wakes, Leviathan falls. I see. It's a nice, nice bookends there. Yep. Yep. Book oh, it. Because the book bookends. is ending. Because the book like, is ending. <laughs> A proto-molecule bookend. I will buy those. Uh, Mark says there's also a novella coming. Is that, oh, is that the, um. They, they always do the novellas. There's been novellas, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's another novella coming. That's right. Good point, cool, Mark. Cool, 
Tamahome um, says YouTuber Media Death Cult did another video with Alistair Reynolds about SF books that inspired him. Some more unusual picks. Uh, Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Radio Show. That doesn't feel super unusual. So far, not that crazy. Yeah. Uh, Damon Knight, Far Out. Uh, I'm not familiar, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, A.E. Van Vogt, uh, Destination Universe. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Samuel Delaney, Nova. Makes sense. Mm, uh, James yeah. Blish, uh, Cities in Flight. Not, I'm not familiar, actually. Um, Walter Miller, A Canticle for Leibowitz, which we read. What? Why are you laughing? No one would know you're unfamiliar if you didn't point it out every I'm time. I'm allowed to point out my shortcomings. I mean, sure. No, but I'm, I'm just allowed human. to laugh when you do it. That's all. I'm not. You can't laugh. I can laugh. <laughs> you can't laugh at you me. You were saying yeah. Walter Miller, a canticle. Tom, Tomahome uh, points out that these are all all uh, pretty yeah, pretty classic are. oldies. Well, and these are these are ones Alistair yeah. Reynolds is saying influenced right. him, right? So, so right, I'm going to read the rest. And I'm not going to say whether early. or not I've read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Isaac Asimov, The End of Eternity, James Tiptree Jr., 10,000 Light Years from Home, <laughs> Frank Herbert, Whipping Star, Arthur C. Clarke, The City and the Stars, and Cordwainer Smith, the best of Cordwainer Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one is slightly unusual. Most of these are not that unusual. They, like the James Tiptree Jr. and the Frank Herbert, not the ones you think of, I don't think. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. Frank Herbert, everybody thinks of Dune. Uh, but Cordwainer Smith, best of Cordwainer Smith. Nice to yeah. Interesting choice. Very cool. Yeah, another good uh, episode, a YouTube episode to check out. And Jan pointed out the first trailer for Amazon's Wheel of Time series has been released. Have you watched it? I did not yet. I haven't watched it. Was it good? It's epic. (laughs) Epic fantasy. Am I going to get to uh, episode four of the show and not be able to go any further? (laughs) Just inviting the hate. Uh, I know. No, I, it looks great. Uh, obviously Amazon's got a budget. Uh, so, you know, no, no surprise there that it, that it's looking good. And, and yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's going to be a very, very good, uh, series and it, it's always hard to tell from a trailer, but it looks fairly true to the source material. They always change stuff around because it's a different medium and telling the story exactly the way it is in the book wouldn't work on television. It's always about what, how they make those choices. Right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it for sure. Um, Tazzy Dave says he ditched wheel of time around book three. So I did great. I kicked butt. (laughs) I, I feel really good about myself is what I'm saying. You should, you should. Yeah. I, Oh, I was going to ask. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought thinking about how great I am. Um, is the series is the series based on the first book, or is it the series based on all of the books? The series that would be I really hard to do. Is <laughs> based on the book. books forward, not just the first one, but it mm-hmm. starts with the first one, and they are making movies based on the prequel material that's weaved throughout the books and in Mm. some of the companion in the companion volume. Okay. Got it. I think Um, Jim says, uh, Jim, our wonderful editor of the podcast, uh, said relevant to your interest, the companion score to the Dune art book just dropped over on Apple music. Um, this looks pretty cool. Like I don't typically download things on Apple music. I haven't checked to see if it's actually, um, available on other platforms, but it's Hans Zimmer. Um, so, you know, it's going to be pretty epic and badass. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's going to be really good, like background music to listen to. I can't wait to hear the rest of the score because they seem to use the same bit 
of the score in every trailer. Oh, interesting. You know, so I'm, I'm, I am definitely looking forward to, uh, hearing, hearing how it's weaved throughout, but I, I, Eileen was listening, was watching a new version of the trailer earlier today in the other room. And I could tell it was doomed because I heard that same, <laughs> that kind of wailing that goes on in there. And I'm like, it's good. I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not criticizing it, but I'm like, I'm like, I want to hear more. Give me more. Do you have a favorite? Um, do you have a favorite soundtrack that you like to listen to? No, I don't. I have a lot of music from TV shows and movies though. Yeah. So not score stuff. I don't have like a, a score I like to put on, which I, th- I think is kind of, is that that's more what you were thinking, right? Right. Right. Like the, because, cause, but I will listen to songs that are featured in TV shows, especially like theme song. The opening song will get stuck in my head and I'll throw it on a playlist, but not so much the score. Hmm. I really liked, um, I'm trying to remember which album it was, but M83 did an album, um, oh, a that, score um, for a movie. Cloud and I, Atlas? It's, it's not, it's, uh, and I can't, they it's not They did working. Cloud Atlas, but and that's not the one you're thinking did of. Did they? Oh. Yeah. I'm I think sure maybe they they've did. done a few. I want to say it's Yeah, like, they, I think they have. Um, this is going to drive me crazy. I have to look. The theme to uh, What We Do in the Shadows is on my playlist. Oh, that is like the best song of all time. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, that's I'm a huge, huge fan of, that's of like that an song. Sixties era. Song yeah, too. I can't believe that it's like I, I couldn't believe that it wasn't made for that show. Like this just because it it's perfect. so great. I know. It's almost like they um, wrote the show around the song. <laughs> oh, it was for Oblivion. It was the soundtrack Oblivion. for Oblivion. Yeah, okay. with Tom right. Cruise. Yeah, nice. that that soundtrack is really great. Um, okay. And, oh, I wanted to read this one because I thought it was cool. Um, Three Random, who is a Calvi over in Discord, who might be in the chat. I'm not sure. Um, Link to an article from NPR.org about want to start reading sci-fi and fantasy. Here's a beginner's guide to the galaxy, which is, you know, cute reference there. Um, But I wanted to see, like, talk about some of these suggestions and see what you thought about them um, as for, like, first timers. Because I was pretty surprised that they picked Goblin Emperor as one of, like, the books to get started. Because it feels like not, it's a great book. Like we, we read it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was very yeah, they different. Also interesting. This is how you lose the time war. Yeah. That was going to be, you know, I, I feel like these are not the most accessible books for newbies um, in, in genre fiction. My but I'm not trying to say like people are. With peril. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it. And I, I feel like I'm also treading on thin ice here. Well, cause I'm not saying that people all, who are new, let me just finish this yeah, one thought before I lose it. You can't handle complex topics. Yeah. I'm, I'm not right. saying that, that like newbies to the genre saying. can't that. handle yeah. it. I'm just saying that if you're new to sci-fi fantasy, like maybe picking something that's super kind of intense yeah. or different is not going to yeah. be the best place to start. Cause it's not, I don't say it's necessarily representative of, of ugh, what, is, what is representative of genre fiction these days? You this know? is the problem with a one size fits all answer to anything. We, we, yeah. we know this from our days at CNET. If someone mm-hmm. says, what's the best phone for me? Uh, you know, it's like, well, what are you going to use it for? Who are you? Yeah. Because there's not one phone that's like, this is the best phone for every single person. Uh, same goes with books. What kind of reader are you? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. because this is from NPR, which, by the way, I interned for for, for, for when, you know, back in 1993. So 
you know, my my tone here, don't read too much into it, but it's going to be a little snooty. It's going to be a little like pointed towards a reader of like high level literature is my guess. And so yeah. the people who put this together were like, okay, for people who read Booker Prize stuff, what is the sci-fi that might get them into sci-fi? And if that's the case, these are great suggestions for people who are like, I think sci-fi is just, you know, full of like dumb comic book plots. It's like, no, read Goblin Emperor. Read This Is How You Lose the Time War. This will convince you that genre fiction is wide ranging uh, and, mm-hmm. and very literary. So in that respect, I think I get what they're doing here. Yeah. They do say that uh, The Goblin Emperor is one of their favorite comfort reads of all time, which still, I guess, maybe myself and this this author have very different definitions of what those words mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, I don't, I, I'm trying not to use the word pretentious. I really am. I really am. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, all right. All right, Tom. All right. I like it. I like it. I like how Tom, <laughs> Tom gets into it. Um, I think, ahead, I think can... there's, there's some valid stuff in here, but I mean, come on, Goblet Emperor is not a comfort read. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Maybe it is for that person. I shouldn't judge. Maybe they're like, well, no, it this is. is perfect. For, yeah. Ob- obviously I'm not sure that it, most people would think that. Yeah. Maybe I'm the pretentious one though. I don't know. It's okay. It's all right. I'm just a poor young farm boy. What do I know? And then finally, uh, good old Gristle McNerd over in Discord uh, said, Humble is doing an audiobook bundle again. Some big name authors and graphic audio does good work. They've got the full cast and the Foley and all the things. Uh, Yeah, it does seem like a good collection. We've got some Peter Brett. We've got Brandon Sanderson. We've got Elizabeth Moon. A lot of really great stuff here. So if you're interested in picking up um, one of these fantastic bundles, um, head over to HumbleBundle.com. We'll have the link in the show notes. I always love a good humble bundle. Oh, and Shamanad in the chat is saying, uh, I love the Goblin Emperor. Totally counts as a comfort read for me. Hey, we love the Goblin Emperor. Yeah. That's a, we're not we're not saying we don't love the Goblin Emperor. I just considering the death <laughs> and, and it's kind of intense. And if intensity, I remember correctly, court intrigue. Comfort, like comfort stressful. Would not be, a little stressful. Yeah. It's more like uh the the um three course meal with bone marrow as an amuse-bouche. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. which delicious, not comfort food. Tomahome asks, does it have cats? Does it have cats? Mm. I can't remember if it has cats. I, think, I tend to think there was a cat or two in there, but I don't remember for sure. Mm, I think you just maybe want cats. You want to see yeah. cats where there were no cats. Anywho... Uh, that wraps it up for the quick burns. Thank you to everyone who contributed stories to this week's episode. Um, you can either do that over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. Look for the Goodreads thread or over on the quick burns channel in our discord. All right. Well, now it is time for barrier sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Um, short, the, the quick, quick barrier swords this week and <laughs> quick. I tried to make a quick burns barrier sword joke. It didn't work. It didn't pan out for me. Um, but this thread barrier from Christos, barrier burns, <laughs> bear those burns, baby. Um, has your phobia ever affected your enjoyment of a story from Christos? Um, and he said, I recently saw the suicide squad and I loved it, but I hate rats so much. So when I was supposed to be rooting for the rat, I was hoping it would get squished. Thankfully, wah, wah. 
my phobias do not oh, it's good, translate into novels too easily. So when my phobias are described in a novel, at worst, I get a little like wiggly, you know, like, ooh, yeah. wouldn't like that. But uh, the be- the closest I-, I can think to something like Christos is describing is when I was a kid, I was very afraid of bees and wasps. And so even pictures of bees on, on a book cover, I'd be like, not touching that, not touching that book. Did I ever tell you about the time when I was speaking at XOXO and I did a presentation and on one of my slides, I included a picture of a spider, oh. uh, not thinking that the spider was going to be like 50 feet high on the big <laughs> screen in the presentation theater. <laughs> And basically like freaked out a lot of people like totally unintentionally. Right. Like just didn't even think about I was working on like my tiny little laptop screen. You know, even that, though, I should have been like trigger warning. But um, it it didn't really occur to me until I started getting the tweets (laughs) afterwards of being like, you totally spied. But nobody left my day. Nobody walked out. Right. I don't know. I don't think so. That you noticed anyway. Yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't a presentation on spiders, so it like it went away so it pretty quickly. Along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember why they I put lived. it in. They're fine. Yeah. Anywho, um, <laughs> there's a lot of great answers here. Um, yeah, like Ruth, for example, says that she's not arachnophobic, but there are parts of Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky that made me feel distinctly itchy. Uh, great book, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who doesn't like spiders. The sequel features octopuses as well. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> I'm having trouble thinking of anything for myself personally. Um, I've been well, my, trying I'm to. Pretty, I'm pretty jaded towards. Even even depictions of gore and violence, I don't I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, more visually though, more like TV, where I'm like, okay, I don't need this than than books. Books I can sort of speed read through it. Like, okay, 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 some bad stuff happens. Got it. Uh, and my phobia is like I said, like I don't like being in elevators and I don't like heights. Mm. That doesn't really translate well in a book to where I'm like, oh, I I can't read about this person being up high. Like uh, that, that never, that never happened. So would you, would you be able to watch that, that M night Shyamalan movie where they're trapped in the elevator? Yeah. Yeah. See, cause if I'm not actually in the elevator, I don't mind seeing other people. Okay. Got it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see them all like die in the elevator. That would be bad, but usually they do get out. So then that's like uh catharsis of like, ah, see, everything was fine. I don't like things happening to kids in books. Oh, yeah. Like the poppy war scene, like with the war and the mm-hmm. battle in the village, like mm-hmm. really messed me up for like a or long dogs. time. You, or dogs. You've heard of dog. Sorry. Yeah. It's it's one of those weird things about humanity that we are more protective of dogs because they are more helpless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're innocent. Know. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Like things happening to innocents, kids, babies, exactly. dogs, exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't I mean, probably doesn't sit well with most people. Um, but I've I've but that's noticed just, something that's I, I tend to be that's sensitive not a about. Phobia. It's not a phobia. Yeah. It's kind of a different category. I don't like people touching my belly button. I get really freaked out about belly buttons. I'm really sorry. But I haven't really experienced much um <laughs> belly button horror. There's probably that's probably a genre somewhere. <laughs> just Rule remember 34. fear is the mind killer killer. Yep. Fear is the little death. You must face your fears. You must let them pass over you and through you. 
So you just memorized that whole bit, huh? I, I did. I used to have it all memorized. It's kind of slipping I used away to, I know. Um, hug me till you drug me, honey. Kiss me till I'm in a coma. Hug me, honey. Snuggly bunny. Love's as good as Soma. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, our next thread. Do you want to kick this one off? Calvi you were talking about used again. books. Yeah. is the star, uh, said, I am sure it will come down to a preference, but when the local libraries don't have a book and you need to get it, do you go with what is cheapest or go with what is easier? I'm guessing it probably depends how frugal you are, a used bookstore, local or online or ebook. Anyway, I seem to struggle if I should get the book for my Kindle or get the used book. Silly, I know. Just curious what options most people take. I honestly have a stack of used books that I need to drop off at my used bookstore if they will take them, but thinking of adding a few more when for a few dollars more, I could get the ebook with less wear and tear on the earth. But cheap, arg. And then mm. John Taloni points out the author gets a cut of the ebook, but not of the used book sales. Um, listen, folks, do your best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not just about frugality. Sometimes it's about just not having money. Uh, mm -hmm. In which case, I would say, do whatever you can do. Uh, if you can afford the used book, but not the ebook, go for the used book and don't feel bad about it. Uh, as an author myself, and I know not all authors feel this way, but I know lots do, we'd rather you read the book than not. And don't get too caught up in like, well, what's the best way to support if it becomes a stress? If it's not a stress, then great. Yes, buy the new book so that we get a bigger cut. But if it's if it's starting to become a problem where you're like agonizing, just just do do whatever works for you. Don't don't stress that much about it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I used to stress about that a lot in the past, um, mostly because I felt bad. Not I don't know. I felt weird about buying Kindle books all the time. Um, and then I just realized, like, that's the way I'm going to be able to read like having the Kindle with me, like I used to travel a ton. It just made more sense to have the Kindle. I read at night, like before I fall asleep, I don't want to have to have the lights on. Um, so having the Kindle being backlit was a really big help for me. And yeah, I, I just don't have the space for physical copies of books anymore. I, I literally yeah. had to get rid of hundreds of books um, recently just because I don't have the room. And so it just made more sense for me on, on so many different levels. Um, and it is a benefit, you know, it's, they don't get as much of a cut probably from the Kindle as the physical book. I don't know. Do you know, is there a difference no, or does it, it not matter? That, that okay. doesn't really matter. It really, it really it. varies. Um, okay. some, it depends on how their deal is constructed. It, it depends on how the publisher gets the deal with Amazon. Like it, that, that varies all over the place, which is why I say you could drive yourself crazy trying to figure out what's the best way because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you start running down rabbit holes of like, ah, but used books have to be uh, moved around in trucks, which burn gas. And, you know, and but, yeah, but yeah, e-books yeah. are from a data center and the data centers use power. And it's like just at a, that's why I say at a certain point, like, yes, try to do the option you think is best. Uh, but if it's starting to to, to stress you out, I, I think it's it's better to read than not. I agree. Yeah. The arithmetic is going to really stress you out. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth says, ultimately, if you're reading, you're winning. I like that. Winning. Uh, Dr. Joe Sarcero um, says, in case you missed it, some historical background on the term terra nullius as it pertains to Australia. And this is from uh, australiantogether.org, australianstogether.org rather. Um, so yeah, interesting link. I, I won't go through all of it, um, but it's about the uh, indigenous uh, dispossession in Australia 
um, which has been uh, a oh, oh, okay, sorry. The momentous Mabo case finally acknowledged the history of indigenous dispossession in Australia, abolished the legal fiction of terra nullis, and altered the foundation of Australian land law. So terra nullius is the Latin term meaning land belonging to no one. Uh, British colonization and subsequent Australian land laws were established on the claim that Australia was terra nullius, justifying acquisition by British occupation without treaty or payment. This effectively denied indigenous people's prior occupation of and connection to the land. So tons more here on this, obviously pertaining, uh, you know, to the, the theme of the, of the book that we are currently reading. Um, and yeah, Tom, I think b- before we get into the book kickoff, um, it seems like there's a lot of like interesting discussion about like where the sci-fi comes in on this story. And I guess that's something that is interesting is we don't want to spoil that. I don't know yet. I haven't gotten well, you that said far before we get into the book kickoff and that's I like know, squarely I'm... what the book kickoff is about. So, mm, so let's hop into that. So book let, let's stick, let's stick with Terra Nullius for, for a minute because okay. uh, I was going to bring this up as part of the book kickoff as well, but it's independent. It's, it's true. Independent of the book. Uh, this is a great uh, article on australiansTogether.org. This is explained by Claire G. Coleman in in the in the book uh, at the end. There's there's a a section of of a there, well there's acknowledgments, but there's before the acknowledgments. I'm trying to find what she calls it. There's an author's note uh, that goes oh, briefly into uh, what what Australians Together uh, talks about at greater length, uh, and it was a fairly common practice for Europeans invading other territories to declare the land empty, even though it had occupants, because the occupants were, quote unquote, savages, or the occupants were, there weren't many of them, they're barely there, or the occupants were uncivilized, or, or all, all of, of other kinds of of sort of blandishments that justified, so we get to take the land. Uh, yeah. and, and Australia is one of the most famous in that respect with Terra Nullius, uh, as, as, as a doctrine that was then apologized for and overturned by the Australian government, which as, uh, Claire G. Coleman says in her author's note is not the end of the matter, certainly, uh, but, but an important step, uh, toward that and, and informs the title of the book and why, why the title of the book is important, uh, in that respect of, of someone coming into your land and not respecting that you're there. Um, I think we probably should just move into the the kickoff discussion at this point, yeah. Yeah. So, uh this is interesting. One t- couple of things that occurred to me that are non-spoilery uh that I that I think are, are worth talking about when thinking about the story uh which is is very much around the idea of Australia uh being colonized, right? Uh and one of them is Australia was not, and certainly I don't think anyone thinks this, but Australia was not the only or the first land to be invaded and colonized. And we forget, a lot of times we think, ah, yes, well, so of course you mean North America and uh, and you mean South America and you mean Hawaii maybe or or, or, or some other islands. Uh, no, I'm, 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 you also 
uh, Europe was invaded mm-hmm. and, and conquered by the Romans. The Romans weren't from Europe. They were from Southern Europe. Uh, they came in and drove people off their land. Some they integrated into their society and some they, they cast out. The Huns uh, moved across the steppes into Europe. England was invaded by the Normans. Uh, this is a constant practice of humanity. And what is unique about the era in which we live is it's one of the first in which we have started to deal with the fallout of that and say, hey, maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, so keep that in mind when reading this book of like, huh, you know, how would you feel, et cetera. Uh, and the other thing is uh, there, there's some some things that Claire G. Coleman puts in here about Europe uh, why Europe was was invading because uh, they they warred with each other. There's a theory that that small European countries uh, warring with each other sharp, basically sharpened their skills. So they had the advantage when they invaded other societies that were less dense uh, and could not resist as easily because they just didn't have as much practice at war. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something to that, but Europe isn't the only one. Uh, so keep in mind that China, actually, mainland China, uh, was multiple warring uh, factions sharpening up their sticks. The difference was China then turned inward, whereas Europe turned outward for whatever reason. Uh, that that's just something that occurred to me while I was reading this as well. And and again, that's something that will be interesting to think about as you go through this story. Uh, and I I wish I could explain more why because you might think I mean one thing, but I, maybe I don't. Uh, this is a really hard book to kick off though because of. Mm-hmm. The fact that, as everyone in Discord assured me, this is a science fiction book. And now I can say with certainty, yes, this is a science fiction book. Stick <sighs> with it. And okay. It's really, all you should say. It's honestly, now that I get it, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I can't tell you any more than that. Enjoy the book. Uh, lean into it. Make your best guess why you might think this is science fiction or not uh, as you go along. And all will become clear. I cannot wait for our spoilery discussion because the people who have read the book are in Goodreads now with divided opinions about whether Mm -hmm. they like that this is a science fiction book or not. And we'll talk about that. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. I'm, I'm only about maybe like 12% through, so I have a long way to go, but, um, I'm, I'm, I feel very titillated right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is if nothing else. And I, I honestly think there's a lot more else, but if nothing else, it's a very thought-provoking book. And I, I think it's I think it's thought-provoking and a lot of other things as well. Amazing. All right. Well, keep diving into it, folks. Um, I think that about wraps up our episode. Oh, what was I gonna what was I saying I should save for the show earlier? Oh, I bought the Octavia E. Butler shirt. Oh yeah. Um, from the the metal science fiction authors page uh, from a few episodes back. I love it. It's great. It's really fun. Um, so you bought your bookends. I bought my Octavia E. Butler. Nice. Totally metal. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. I should go back. I was thinking about buying one of those shirts. Maybe I will. Yeah. They're really good quality too. They're very soft. Oh, good. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm considering going back and buying another one too. Cause I I bought a woman's large and it's comfortable, but I kind of want like a little, they're like those really tight shirts. And so I want something a little more comfy. So I'm like, which one should I get next? Christmas is coming. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, thank you so much to everyone who listened, uh, listened to the show and contributes and, and helps fund us. Um, we're entirely funded by our friends at, at Patreon. 
Uh, gosh, I'm really, really mucking this one up. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And as I mentioned earlier, you can also support the show by buying books through our links, uh, some of which go to bookshock.org. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are over on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And you can join in on all the discussions at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or join in on our Discord. Uh, There should be a link to it on the website as well. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!